everyone, what's up? And welcome to another episode of What's Up, Woody. I am your host, Woody Woodbeck, and I have a very special episode for you all. Batten down the Bravo patches because this is going to be a fucking gay tornado worse than what Dorothy and Annie M saw, honey. Uh, we, we, uh, the Bravo stars have aligned and it's about to go down like a housewives reunion or like Ralph and Drew racing to their lawyer's offices to file for divorce. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Bravo Mania on What's Up, Woody, and I want to welcome my guests. I'm going to let them go around and introduce them, introduce themselves, um, just like only they can. So go ahead, Eddie. Let's start with you, and then we'll go in a little circle. Hey, Woody, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing great, baby. <laughs> so, uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Eddie from Martini with Eddie. Uh, I have a podcast, I have an Instagram account, Twitter, where you can find a lot of tea, a lot of mess. I get into fights. It's fun. It's fun to be part of the Bravo community. <laughs> well, we, we are very aware of who you are, honey. Yeah. <laughs> very well known. All right, next. Mike and Brandon, we're the Bravo Bottoms. We have Instagram, Twitter, new on TikTok podcast. Um, we're memes, reels, Teresa, tree huggers, summer house stands. <laughs> we're all, we're always so enthusiasts. Yeah, so enthusiasts. We're always riding for the problematic faves. <laughs> and you got a billboard. Yeah. We did. We, we, did, have, we, we did, did have a billboard. billboard. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know about this. You have to wait. Hold that story because I definitely want to know. And last but certainly not least, one of my faves account. And literally, I fangirled when you followed me. Oh my my God. That's funny. Um, I'm Larry. I run Bravo by gays. Um, I'm just on Instagram. I, I don't know how to TikTok. Um, (laughs) I'll toss out some, some tweets here and there, but you, you can mostly just find me on Instagram. Yeah. I, you guys welcome to the show. I gotta say, you know, it, it's interesting because as I've done so many Bravo shows, um, I, I thought I too, even though I'm a producer on the shows, I am a fan just like you guys are, you know, and that's, um, that's one of the biggest things that I love about the Bravo fandom that I feel like is unparalleled. You know, a lot of the bachelor fans would say very similar, but I don't feel that the Bravo fans, I feel like the Bravo fans are so much bigger and more lively and their fandom is so much stronger than the bachelor fans in my they opinion have, they don't have a bachelor con so we're already <laughs> right right, right. That's right. <laughs> exactly exactly i wrote a little something and i just want to say it before we get started i have not <laughs> nor shall i ever i have never given any of you tips no i have not no. hung out with any of you outside of this no, uh, we've never really spoken. Eddie and I have had a conversation through a DM, and that's about it. Just mostly about reality TV in general. Um, but I just wanted to make it abundantly clear what I do with my podcast. I do for fun. It does not um, affect my professional business in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I want to make that abundantly clear because I too <laughs> would also like to work for Bravo again in the future. <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to have my podcast that I do for fun. Fuck with my check. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, let's have a good time. All right, guys. Yes. Yes. So I want to, I want to go around and I really want to start, um, 
and talk about each of the inceptions of your kind of like how your your certain social media and your Bravo fandom came to be. So Larry, let's start a little bit with you and how Bravo by Gays came to be. Yeah, I started in November of 2019. Um, honestly, it was just like out of boredom. I would always follow like a few of like the um, accounts that have been around for a while. And I was just like, one day I was like, oh, okay, like I'll just do this. Because uh, a lot of my friends don't watch Bravo. So I use it as like an outlet to like talk to people. And I was like, I feel like I can make like a meme here and there. Um, so I just came up with it. A lot of people think that like the name, like I'm trying to be like some social justice warrior. I literally came up with it because I'm gay and I watch Bravo. And I was like, oh, that's like an easy name, Bravo by gays. And then, and then I didn't realize that like, it's plural. So people think that there's like multiple people that run this account and it's just me. Um, I did it for a few months here and there, like maybe like posting a couple things a week. And then once the pandemic hit, I just kind of went with it and like grew it like all throughout 2020. And I've gotten to do some of the most coolest shit, like just having this account. It's been a freaking blast all like just because of a hobby. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I always love hearing these like stories of like if they're almost like little mini Cinderella stories. Like you guys right. go from just being, you know, oh, I love I love me some uh, you know Faye Rensick, and you tweet about it, and then you become, like a, a right. huge uh, a huge fan account. What about you guys, uh, Mike and Brandon Bravo Bottoms? Kind of the same. Like COVID, I was like posting on my like main. My, like bravo on the main and like i knew people were like all right enough and me and brandon have been friends for years and we'd always talk bravo so i like claimed the handle the bravo bottom and we were texting about something i was like if you want to do this with me i will throw an s on this right now and we will just <laughs> we'll start it and he was like let's do it and so then we like launched the account uh 2021 november um so we've like just about a little over a year and it's been so much fun. Like Larry, like we've done the coolest shit, like the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip premiere party. We've just done like, it's just been fun. And like all of that, just because we've been watching Housewives and Summer House forever. So it's been cool to like meet people that like we've always been chatting online with and stuff. Yeah, yeah. we all we all got to meet at BravoCon. Yes. 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 I was not there. You yeah. all did. Yes. Yeah. I had a straight wedding. Can you imagine? <laughs> How dare they? Oh, no. No, literally. <laughs> no. I, almost, I literally almost skipped, but then I was like, that is really inappropriate. So I did it. <laughs> You're like, sorry. <laughs> no, literally, I was like, I'll send a better gift, but then I, I would have. I was just going to say gifts in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, literally. <laughs> I would have asked him to move the date, though. What I'd be like, move the date. I have a better thing to do. I know, I know. It's one of my college best friends who I've known forever. So I was, I would, it would have been so bad. And they already thought he wasn't going to go. They were like, we were watching his story. Yeah, they knew BravoCon was coming up, and they were like, when I got to the wedding, they were shocked I was there. They were like, we honestly were taking bets whether or not you were going to come up with some excuse, and we'd see you in New York. (laughs) No, unfortunately, I'm here. Give me like you have like Ramona glasses on, you're hiding yeah. in the background. <laughs> I see you in the shot. You know? Literally. <laughs> That's hysterical. Eddie, what about you? Well, I kind of have the same story as Larry too. I've been watching Bravo since my inception, like, I don't know, for the very long time. Uh, I started watching Bravo from Project Runway and, you know, Tabitha, Makeover and all this stuff. But my social media started because I joined Clubhouse. That's where everything came from. Like mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I joined 
Clubhouse and I used to do a Clubhouse every Friday to talk about Beverly Hills because that's my franchise. Like I am a diehard fan of Beverly Hills. So um, one day I was like, you know what? Let me create my own stuff. I want to I wanna do my own thing. I want to put my own opinion out there and see where it goes. And it has gone a long way <laughs> from being just like me tweeting about housewife to actually talk to the housewife, to actually meet them in person. To, I mean, it, it's been a wild freaking ride. Yeah, yeah. I got to give you guys credit. I mean, li literally, like when it, it shows determination by all of you that you guys <laughs> stuck with it. Uh, <laughs> I am always very impressed. Most of the time, I'll repost a lot of what you guys post because you're thinking what I'm thinking. I just can't say it. Literally like most of the time that that's the truth. And, and most of the time I agree with most of you. Some of you, not so much on some things. We have a difference of opinions, which depends <laughs> in the Bravo fandom. And also I always, I get, to, I love posting about the shows that I don't work on because mm. I love them. Like I almost say, I always tell my agent, I'm like, oh, I really want to work on Beverly Hills. But then at the same time, I don't want to because I know it's going to ruin everything for me as a fan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Erica and I have been friends for a very long time. Like in real life, we're friends. We've been friends for probably 12 years. So oh, wow. I always am, I always find it interesting people's takeaways of her. Yeah. Um, I think she is a lovely human being and I've had nothing but positive experience with her. Other people don't think that about her. I know what mine is. I don't make assumptions of people that I don't have personal situations with. So I can only speak from my standpoint. Um, but I love her. What what do you guys think it is that, and I'll open this up to whomever wants to talk. What do you think it is that makes Bravo fans so different than other TV fans? Um, I'm going to say that is the way that you can identify in some way in within the shows like somebody is going to watch it and see themselves in it uh also i feel like you have bravo right there and when you watch the shows over and over again you get to feel like you know them so personally there's a sense of they've been access you have access to their life that you, you don't have that in another different show or different channel mm -hmm. yeah no i mm -hmm. agree with you it's like um I mean, obviously you watch these ladies like from the beginning and I love the housewives. I mean, I've been watching them since it came out with OC, but like Bravo in general, since beforehand, it's always been just such like a pop culture, like network. But as the shows come out, like the housewives are amazing, but I tend to like focus more of like what I enjoy um, as far as like the shows that are non-housewives, Southern Charm, Summer House, Southern Hospitality, all just because they're, I can like relate to them because the way that they like, live their lives is very similar to like myself and my friends and the fact that like there's you like having this page you get to like interact with these people it, you just like like Eddie said you have just like easy access and like it's just it like the common ground is very relatable yeah I think like in the non-housewife shows like Southern Hospitality and early Vanderpump not like necessarily right now people would be like, oh, I'm a server at a restaurant too. Exactly. Like I could throw me on TV. I could do the same thing because what they're going through, I'm also going through. And I think for like, for the housewives too, people might not always be rich, but they there's always some sort of level of like relatability with these women. Because like, like look at Heather Gay. She left a Mormon church and now she's like a, a bad Mormon, right? And there's other people that probably 
are going through the same thing and can relate to her, can relate to Whitney. Is like another example. I think that Bravo has a lot of relatable storylines for sometimes not necessarily right now. Some things have blown up into like not normal stuff, but there's a lot of relatability to a lot of these women and a lot of these people on TV because we go through the same things they are. Like us gay men, TJ on Southern Hospitality, Mikel on Southern Hospitality, going through the same gay stuff that we go through all the time. Like talking to a guy, finding out he's like banged all your friends. Okay. You know, that's that's normal. That's what we go through too. But it's like just on TV. So people relate to, to like stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I will I will say this. Uh, you know, I was really proud of so- Soho getting the GLAAD nomination, the GLAAD Award nomination, yeah, totally. because I'll tell you personally, my personal experience, I worked very hard in the field every day to make sure that we were telling honest and real good LGBTQ stories in whatever way, shape or form. And people don't necessarily always know, but when you're the boots on the ground producer, you have a lot of, I wouldn't even use the word influence, but you have a lot of power into how those stories are narrated and told. Um, not that we're telling anybody what to say in that regard, but we're helping craft those stories. I always say we're like putting the pieces of a puzzle together and then mm-hmm. our EPs and the genius post teams at Bravo and you know whatever company that show is being made for, they do their thing. But when you're really boots on the ground, you're working day in and day out with that cast and you know how they feel when you show up and you get an eye roll or you know how they feel when I see someone from across the room give someone a side eye. You are there because you are reading the room and you are reading the temperature and you're really able to gauge how things are going down. So I, when I talk about Soho, I'm really proud, number one, of the of the response. But really, number two for me, is the LGBTQ themes because we all, we don't necessarily, yeah, are there more gay characters and people on television? Sure. But are the stories always the most authentic to real life? I'm not quite sure. Totally. And that is what I liked about Soho. And and Mikkel's story is something that resonates. You don't often see Black gay people that coming from a church life on television. And we did, right. and we were able to tell that story and tell that story in a great way. Even TJ, you know, his yeah. story and, 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 but, you know, I think there's a lot more to TJ than I think that people will see and God willing, the show comes back for another season. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to tell, they'll be able to tell more of that story um, and more of who he is. Um, but I, but I definitely appreciate that people see that because we worked very hard for that. I will say that. What, um, you know, another thing that I was wondering is you guys have really dedicated so much time to your brands and to your pages. When did you guys start to notice that people started to notice you guys? Like, did, like, did you all of a sudden, like somebody, like one of the cast members repost one of your things or like people started commenting back and forth? Like, when did you start to notice that you were like, oh, shit, this is actually fucking working? I will say that at least in my case, when people started to engage in my post, because Twitter was my way, my that was my gateway into this whole entire brand was Twitter. So interaction means a lot. At the beginning, I was like, ah, nobody's saying anything. But suddenly, I had like threats of like longest conversation of people. And then the same people would come back. Either they like it or not, they were there, they were back. And then you start noticing the blue checks are starting to come in. 
like the yeah. people with the blue checks and the housewives and the you know the cast member of the show started to come and I was like wait this is going somewhere that's when I realized that I can work with this to build a brand sure what about you Larry um I don't I don't really know when I started to notice I I mean I would always notice like if I posted something about someone and I don't tag them like in my posts or anything if they like they came across it and they liked it um I mean, I gained a lot of traction, which is, I don't, I don't know if it was, like, not Bravo-related, but it was, like, during, like, Free Britney, um, where I gained a lot of my following, like, through that, and uh, ended up just being a lot of them being Bravo fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you just notice that, like, the people that you're watching all the time, like, you notice the follows, and I would see, like, the cast members from, like, Southern Charm and, like, Summer House all start to follow, and I was like, holy crap, they really care, like, what I have to say. I also try and keep it, like, very, like, non-confrontational on my page. So, mm-hmm. like, I really don't, like, I'm not, like, talking shit and, like, causing drama or, like, whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, I mean, I just, when you start seeing the people that, like, are on your favorite shows start to follow you, that's when I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but this is, like, obviously going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you guys? I'd say the same. I think, like, like the southern charm and uh, like more summer house we we interact with them a lot i mm-hmm. think for us when we like i started i think to like take off or like gain a little traction was BravoCon. i think we when i was there we i just did a lot of like the panels or like i was like making a lot of reels and like we had gained by the time i came home we had went up a thousand and so wow. i was like okay like we're it's definitely like going somewhere and so that's just been like really fun and like being in Boston I think there's only like a couple of us who are like have accounts and we yeah. like posted a viewing party at like a club in Boston and like that was like we we're like holy shit like we're in a green room like so that's been like it's just been like fun like it's like every time I'm like I can't believe like it's actually kind of doing something and also like to have a podcast and to talk about so our podcast we do like half of a segment will be the beginning half will be mike and i just bantering back and forth about our personal lives then the other half is about bravo and having people on these shows reach out to you and be like oh i heard that take that you said on the podcast like oh not only are not we're not hiding behind not hiding but we're not behind a meme anymore or like a keyboard like they're listening to what I'm saying, like, for example, the first episode of Southern Hospitality, like the whole cast rides for us in the podcast, which obsessed the first episode of Southern Hospitality. I did not like Mikel. And I made that very well known. And then he reached out and he's like, I listened to the show. And I was like, oh, my God, what I say now, people are going to know. <laughs> but it's stuff like that that you get. You're like, I watch these people on TV. And now all of a sudden they're messaging me being like, like which one am I talking to Brandon right now? I'm like, Brandon, he's looking for you. Yeah. Oh, I said, I like Mikel. <laughs> that is so funny. That's hysterical. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. What What do you guys do? I I guess my thought is, is like, what do you guys do outside of this? Like, do you guys have like real jobs, like normal jobs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you guys do? What do you guys do? Do you mind I sharing? Work, I always want to know too. Like, yeah, I, I work. I work in advertising, so I'm a I'm a media buyer. So, okay. Um, my client gives me a budget, and I spend it. Um, okay. On like where I want, where like it makes sense for their goals and stuff. Okay. I do the uh, exact opposite. I'm an accountant. So boring. Okay. I talk about all the time. News. It pays the bills, but so this so is boring. an escape for you. Yeah, Definitely. always. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What about you, Eddie? Uh, I went to school for uh, film and, and photography, so that's what I do 
myself. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I do a lot of photography, uh, fashion and landscaping and what's not. I'm also a real estate agent, which is not as fun, but <laughs> it kind of gave me like a new uh, push to meet people. Like I, I used to live in the city, in sure. New York City. And during the pandemic, we moved upstate to where I am right now. And when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. Sure. And there's not that many places here to do any visuals or fashion or anything like that. Trust me, I've been trying to bring some culture, but it seems like people are just very comfortable with their lifestyle, which is completely fine. <laughs> yes. So I, I decided to go on the real estate route to, to meet people. And it's been fun. Uh, we are trying to move back to the city now because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. What about you, Larry? Um, I work in insurance, so nothing exciting, but I also work from home. Okay. Um, so it like allows me the flexibility to like yeah. actually like do my day job, but I can also mess around and like post on Instagram whenever yeah. I want. So sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I have to be super careful with that. Because like, yeah. I like I'll be like, oh, this is a great photo op, and I'll be on set and I'll be like, hold on, wait. Right. I can't. This is there's nothing identifiable to anywhere that I am, right? Because I can't like God forbid there's some loophole in one of my fucking contracts. It's like you can't show where you are, you know. Like uh, I always for a, a long Bravo time account will spot it. They'll be like, exactly. A hundred percent. Like they're at the same will. sunset. They're at the same sunset. <laughs> it is hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's funny that you say that because I remember when they were filming Winter House season one, um, there was like a instagram video that craig and austin did like walking down the street yep. and so many of like my followers that lived in vermont like they zoomed in and they were like this is where they are like this is the part of the town that they're in i was like i don't care where they are i'm yeah. not going to go to vermont and stalk them <laughs> yeah. but like the fact that they notice landmarks and they're like oh they're in vermont they're in Stowe." like right. the detective work that they do is so next level it's insane that's yeah. that's even crazier. Like the people who follow you be like, did you see this? Like post about it. I'm like, I will now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, you know, I wanna I wanna talk the gays. I can assume that everyone here is a homosexual. Yes. Oh, very. I figured you were you of all of them. I was not sure about yeah, Lame sure. <laughs> over here. All right. Uh well, good. Why why do you think it is that the um the gays and bravo seemingly go hand in hand? And and no, and we're and I know. I know all of you are just chomping at the bit to say that it has to do with our father, Andy Cohen. We know it's not because of that, even though we do love him. But why do we, why do the gays and Bravo, do you think, go hand in hand? We I know that, like, the women. Right. I like a drunk middle aged woman that, like, loves to cause some drama. Um, I, but I like, I've watched it since, like, when Kathy D or Kathy Griffin, my life on the D list, like, yeah. Um, when they had the original, like, one, like, um, Queer Eye for the Straight right. Guy, like, yep. it's just like, it, I don't know. I just like loved watching like this show because I mean, even when that was out, like it, I think it was like I was so much younger and like I may not have been out yet, but to like watch like the, like these TV shows with like what you like think in your head is like life you want your life to be like it's something like that. But then like once the Housewives came out, I was like, oh, I love I love a middle aged woman with a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of gay men also it's like you kind of can escape into this world where you're like, I feel like a lot of gay people also want to be famous and they want to be like rich and be that, <laughs> that like catty 
you know, middle-aged woman. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people can escape into that world to be like, oh, what if this was my life? And then next thing you know, you're hooked and you're like 10 seasons in, 10 years later, and you're like, this is now my life. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's very factual. I'm mean, true story. I was on the radio in New York um, right after college, I graduated uh, from a SUNY school, and I got a job in radio in Albany in New York. And we were on the number one tri-state area morning show. And the hosts came to me and they were like, oh, we want you to come out on the radio. And the only reason that that was even talked about was because of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Because those guys and Project Runway are really what put Bravo on the map, truthfully. And then Top Top Chef 2, they were like the trifecta for that network. Um, But really at that time it was project runway and queer eye and you got to remember back in the day to have five to six million people watching a bravo show is like having 20 million people on a network like and that's what queer eye was doing on a consistent basis yeah we're talking about 2001 2002 2003 so those numbers are unheard of so those guys back in the day were looked at like rock stars. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. when you when you when you go back and look at the VMAs from the year that Christina, Britney, and Madonna kissed, Madonna, yeah. The entire they two hour show was them, cutaways mm-hmm. of them the whole yep. time. Yeah. Yeah. So like they they really put that network truthfully on the map. And I I say all the time, and those guys are my friends now and close friends of mine. And I'm gonna have Carson on the show in a couple of weeks, and I've had Jay on and you know, those guys, uh, those guys changed my life and I give them all the credit and I give them their flowers anytime that I can, because they went on television and did the most unpopular thing culturally yeah. at that time. And yeah. that is so brave it was amazing. and I, I unbelievable in every way, shape or form. And I give them all the credit. I get goosebumps when I talk about it, because really, I don't, I don't think that I would have been the gay that I am if it had not been for their bravery in a lot of ways. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a big part of uh, why I love Bravo too. Like back in, I mean, I came out really late in my life. I didn't come out like now, like 16, 17, like kids now are so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I came out when I was 25. So like my my sense of like getting to know the gay culture was through Bravo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Project Runway, uh, Queer Eye, like, they become like this uh, kind of like books of like what it's like to be gay. Yeah. Not like the way that is like, like the mainstream back then was trying to sell it. Like they actually brought honest uh, stories, you know, and it was awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's dive into while we're on the subject of Bravo. <laughs> let's dive. Let's dive into some more Bravo stuff. Um, since it's a since it's a hot topic, let's just go ahead and talk about it. There's so much scandal going on between Atlanta and Potomac right now. It's wild to me. So let's talk about Drew and Ralph running seemingly 52 minutes apart from each other (laughs) to their lawyers. What are you guys, what are you guys thinking? Because in my mind, as a fan, of course, not speaking as a producer, just as a fan. Yep. I'm like, now Drew has to sit through a whole season of her show, knowing that she is also getting divorced from this man. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's like exactly where I went. I was like, I hope like we're not seeing Drew try to come on TV and be like, we have we're ne- we're the best we've ever been. 
Like, cause that's where oh, I. You like, know that's what's gonna happen. I first yeah. Know. <laughs> Look at us. We can make it through anything. Yeah. Right. Like, to know that like the divorce is on the table, it's like it kind of gives me like when Summer House is like, well, they won't get married, or will they? We already we already knew they got married. Like, why is that? So it's like to know like that's gonna be her storyline is this book, this adoption, and like we're better than ever to have a divorce. Like, I can't. The I only can't. thing that is going to be good is that they're going to chew her ass up at the reunion about it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for you sure. Know, he'll watch the whole season right. just to get yeah. to that reunion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the end credit to be like Drew and Ralph got the divorce. divorce after the- no, like, I you- need Andy to <laughs> grab a camera right now and be chasing them around and add that Literally. at the end. Because if they did that with Jane Shaw, they, they put the cameras back on just for her to plead guilty and and because she lied to everybody during the whole entire season, I need Andy to grab a camera and chase Drew and Ruff around so we can have at least half an hour of them like, okay, this is what went down the day on the court. Exactly. Divorce he, it with Drew. Yes. <laughs> Stop the madness. <laughs> you know what? It was such a long time coming. Like, thank freaking God it's over. Like, it was yeah. just... Oh, I know. So, uh, it was so annoying to watch. And it's I, just like... I'll tell you one thing. The one thing that I don't like is when people jump to the fact that like, oh, they're getting divorced because Ralph is gay. Okay, first of all, that's not why you get divorced. (laughs) Like, I I mean, that's not why they're getting divorced. At least I don't think, uh, speaking as a fan precisely. But like, I hate that that's where people's minds go. Like, oh, they got to be getting divorced because Ralph is gay. Like, okay, (laughs) so what if he's getting a blowjob, you know, like behind Peter's Club in Atlanta? Like, who cares? Exactly. Good for him. Um, It's not a big deal. But like, that's not the, that shouldn't be like the reason that people jump to the fact that they're getting divorced. if you if you have watched the seasons, you would know that he just is an awful fucking husband, whether right. he's gay or straight. Like that's why they're getting divorced. Yeah. He's yes. running off to Tampa with either a guy or a girl and shutting his phone off for a week. I'm hello. Yeah. <laughs> facts. Facts. So let's talk about Potomac. I uh uh I am still friendly with the girls, so I'm not gonna have an opinion on this. Uh, because I have an opinion that's probably different than all of yours. <laughs> but I want to I want to know what you guys truthfully think about the Robin Juan stuff. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let's go first. Uh, I, I honestly I'm gonna say this. I hate the only reason why I hate this whole mess is not that the fact that Juan cheated on Robin and Robin is pretending that everything was fine. It's the fact that her ass went ahead and created a Patreon. To check to charge the fans for for the for her truth. Well, the Patreon existed before this happened, but yeah, no, just, it's just no. It's but it. like honestly, like like she, I mean, if you are on TV and she's asking people to be truthful to who they are, and she's aware of the whole cheating situation in some form, I mean, the right thing to do is she wants people to talk about their issues talk about yours too as well. You're supposed to go through your contract, and also well, nobody brought them up. Yeah, but at the same, uh, it was brought up a little bit. She just knew how to dodge the bullet because we, because Karen kept saying, like, I know that he's been going around with somebody who looked just like me and stuff like that. Maybe it was not that particular person, but cheating rumors were on the show. 
and she even called Juan because she got pissed off about the whole situation, you know. So the conversation was on the table. She you know she just knew how to dodge the bullet. So when the the show ended, because she thought that the producers were not going to add anything on the at the reunion, she's like, okay, I'm done with the reunion. Everything is good. Now I can finally say what I want to say. And I'm like, no, like to me that that didn't sit well, to be honest. I'm a Robin fan, and I just could I not, def- say, I could not defend like, her with that. But, like, I I mean, I don't know. I just... I'm I, happy Robin showed up to work this season, and now I know why she did. And right. I'm <laughs> with that. I, I'm happy she dodged bullets and threw it on Candace, and Candace came out swinging. Candace needed a redemption era. She got it. Got I it. think, like, I... I'm not mad at Robin. I'm not disappointed. I'm happy we're going to get a little bit of it at the end of the reunion, but I'm now excited to see where we go next season with Robin. Cause now Robin is going to be held through the ringer. And now Robin's going to have to work for her own self again, but yeah. I, I'm a Robin Stan. I think, I think she's great. And listen, yeah. I do believe that the, the cast is a great cast. All of them, in, including Giselle, which I, I mean, honestly, I, not a Giselle fan, so I don't want to get into that part. But every single one of those ladies brings something to the table. And if you know, I agree with you, like now she has to work next season to kind of clear this mess. Oh, they're gonna drag her ass too. I can't wait. It's gonna be good TV. They like are, I, said, yeah. I, lo- I love her, but she's got a lot of answering to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because you know they're probably gonna start filming soon. You know, because yeah. I think they film this time of year, so it will be interesting to see where that season goes, especially now with all the Mia and the Wendy stuff with Ooh. Peter and all that just came out. It's yeah. uh yeah, they're uh they're gonna have a good time. I'm glad I'm not working on this. Season. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a mess. It'll yeah. be interesting too with like. Michael Darby's suing Candace, like how that would like. I know, I know. the like Ashley Candace dynamic. Like it's gonna be crazy. I mean, listen. Like I, I, I woke up and I saw the headline, and I texted my best friend. Michael has entered the chat, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was sitting on the sideline, just waiting, just waiting for his moment. Yes, he was like, "Put me in, coach. I'm ready right. to play." <laughs> Didn't see him all season. He's like, "You know what? I miss filming. Let me stir things <laughs> right, up." A right. Oh God! Well, if you only knew the stories, honey, you only knew the stories. Um. I, I want to ask, I want to get into like a bunch of like just Bravo centric questions. What do you guys think is the biggest scandal in Bravo history? Uh, Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw. I, I would say yeah. Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw. Like that was one of the craziest things. Like coming off of the high of Salt Lake season one, and Jen was like an instant fan favorite breakout star to like, see it go be like life comes at you fast like i remember go downloading clubhouse to hear her court arraignment because i couldn't get into the call like I it, was, it was full so i was like i have a clubhouse link streaming it and i like made an account and like got into it to listen like a week before like it was it was what a time I mean, you've never seen people on the internet come together like white lotus and jen shaw getting arrested. literally right the day she got arrested and the day everyone was like they were filming mm-hmm. when like there was a rumor that they were filming and she got arrested on camera obviously oh, that wasn't true. Way. yeah but that the, was fact, the fact that they were filming and she's being arrested for this whole thing and then it's like 
saying that she's innocent this entire time and then actually says that she's guilty and is now in jail is just the it was the craziest fastest like two years year and a half whatever it is now it the craziest tv i've ever seen that and i also think um erica erica jane's ex-husband tom girardi that whole not erica herself but like that whole marriage and then what came to be afterwards those two things i think are like oh my god this is like real life and this says this has consequence yeah literally it's wild you can't make this shit up no you can't it's it's interesting to me too because what happens in these situations is what we used to steer clear from as producers years ago now i think i produced like at like actually as like a field producer probably eight years ago i i did early seasons of chef and project runway and the production side and casting and um, so I had worked on a ton of Bravo shows early in my career, and then I switched to the producing side. But, you know, we always used to avoid the celebrity of it all, right? So, like, mm-hmm. we could not, like, whenever they want, remember back in the day, and sometimes they still do it when they talk about a reunion, they're like, remember when we went yeah. to New York? You know, in New uh, York. Like, <laughs> yeah. Either a New York girl we, or you're a yeah. last year girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, like, we could never talk about the show within the show. So we would have to avoid them in a lot of ways. And I think Teresa and those charges with her and Joe is where the show really start. The shows kind of really started to shift. Mm-hmm. And Bravo had a, in my opinion, of course, Bravo had a really hard time um, uh, avoiding that. Like they just mm-hmm. couldn't anymore. And I think that the internet really helped with that. Um, yeah. And we kind of had to, as producers, embrace it in the way that still felt organic um, but I think Beverly Hills has done it best where they embrace the celebrity of it all kind of perfectly. I think they, they yeah. nail yeah. it perfectly. I agree with that. And I think also, especially for like Beverly Hills, when, I mean, I know like Brandy Glanville was on before and Kyle Richards and, you know, the Richards sisters and, and all that stuff. I think it really took a turn when Eileen and Lisa Renna came on season five, because now people are like, I know they were like actively, well, Eileen was actively on TV, women winning Emmy still. And Renna's story, storyline for those first like, couple of seasons were, I'm doing QVC, I'm doing this TV show, I'm trying to do this TV show. And it kind of gave you the glamour of like Beverly Hills and Hollywood, whereas the other franchises were still just like regular, regular mm-hmm. humans in a way. Uh, but now it's like now I feel like now some things are like the celebrity of it all. And now they have like bigger problems that you're like, we would never deal with, but they're dealing with on a daily basis because solely because they were on this show and it has become such a big thing. What I love I love watching them like acknowledge too that the fact that they like know that they're on a show, like when they were filming um Ultimate Girls Trip, the first one, and they would ask them like about their franchises. Like I love when they mm-hmm. acknowledge that like they're actually filming a TV show. A fourth wall break is the best thing. It's so I, the best. I, it puts me to sleep at night. I could, I, oh my God, I love <laughs> when they break the fourth wall. Yeah, I think I, we, we, we were, we always get kind of told, not told, but like, it's not a thing that they were doing for a long time. So like we, I'm not sure that necessarily all the time we would have filmed a lot of those things that make it into the shows now, but we started to and we just did and we kind of rolled with it and then they started making the cuts and you know even the michael darby butt grab like all like some editor was in a bay until 4 (laughs) a.m looking for that audio of michael talking to the camera guy being like don't do that there was somebody there hunting for that footage you know and it's really funny i'll tell you i i somehow 
have ended up in too many of my shows to name as the producer getting cursed at or talked to crazy by a cast member or breaking up a fight or something. And I actually am in Potomac season two when they go to Bermuda and there's a shot of like Karen shoots a scene with Robin and they're arguing in the hotel room and Robin leaves and you hear me go, all right, Karen, we're going to let you get ready. And you just see my calves and my feet. <laughs> and it says producer talking. And then the I, the door shuts and I'm in the room and Karen is just yelling about what just went down. And really, she's yelling at me and they shoot the outside of the door. It's very, very funny. Oh, we're gonna That's have to watch go back. Um, go Bethany back Frankel, change. on like that note, Bethany Frankel was on Watch What Happens Live um, whenever her like Rewise podcast thing came out. And Andy had asked her to give advice to the new New York girls. And they, and she was like a one, so she gave five. And one of them was never say that the producer is your friend because one day you're going to turn around and you think that they're on your side and then something's going to have to go one way for the storyline or whatever and you're going to be like you were my friend but they have to do a job yeah i mean we we definitely have a fine line you know i can only speak for myself i pride myself on being able to do my job and still have people like me in the end Mm -hmm. and i have had a 17 year career in this business because 99% of my people that I've worked with and cast members still talk to me. And I know that there is a way to get the job done and make good TV and not have people hit you in the end. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just about mutual respect. And I think that that's what it comes down to. And I, Bethany, from what I can tell, has a pretty large personality. So I am sure that she has bulldozed over a few producers in her day. For sure. Um, so that is probably sure. why she said that. Don't be, she's probably been burned by a producer that she didn't realize. She Definitely. Was there was a rumor in her early days, if the scene wasn't going the way she wanted to, she'd look in the camera and she'd say, this is not the scene we're filming. Yep. So typical. What do you guys... <laughs> Um, who do you guys think collectively is the best cast on Bravo? Like in general or like? Yeah, like in general. Oh, that's hard. Mm. Yeah, that's right hard. Right now or ever? Okay, how about we, well, let's say right now since. Miami. Okay. 100%, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with that too. They have years of history. Like 10 years, 15. And it's like what the girls in Miami are doing, other franchise wish they could right now and they can't. Like like what Miami has, Jersey should, and they just can't get it together because they've been, for like they have such rooted history. But Miami, like even after the camera stopped, they were all still friends. And like, you can see that. Mm-hmm. And so I think- where like the fans quickly flip and be like Beverly Hills is so toxic right now it's so dark it's because like we at the end of the day we do miss those moments where like they're having dinner and talking about remember when's it's like feels normal you're like oh this is like when I'm at dinner with my friends and like there's not that constant fighting though like with the bunch of kids we always love to think we have a housewives moment at a dinner but like it just it Miami normalizes a lot of like what we miss about early franchises I think and it's refreshing to like have it on tv in the mix of like a jersey of beverly hills of salt lake yeah and they do that and they 
continue to deliver. They yeah. did not have one flop episode this season. No. It was 10 out of 10. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that, like you guys said, like they are friends at the end of the day. They have a lot of drama going on, but when it was time to be a friend, they were good at it. Like when Lisa had that moment when she found out that that Lenny was being a douchebag and a piece of (laughs) crap dating this uh, girl, they were like, you know what? We have issues, but she has a bigger issue. We are here for you. And that's what we are missing in pretty much every other single franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the viewers love a good redemption moment. They you can't not, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> like I think I think we always at the end of the day, especially from a producer standpoint and whatever show I work on, yeah, do we love to see people fight and be a little messy? Sure. But at the end of the day, the reason that Bravo viewers come back is because, in my opinion, of course, is because they do like to see these women be friends. Yeah. I still yeah. think one of the funniest fucking scenes ever is fucking lisa uh vanderpump and that fucking small dog and was it kyle or was it lisa renner and they go to like get the small horse or not the dog uh-huh. the horse and they go and they're in the limo and they're trying to yeah. ride and they're like like that is still one of the funniest things i've ever seen on bravo ever like they go to the middle of nowhere on like a private plane to like to buy a, a mini horse. small horse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so fucking funny to me, and it's just the comedy of all of that, and that's what I love about. Um, that's what I love about Bravo. I think that they do. They have found a way to do the mess and to do the sincerity and to keep it and to put it all in a forty-two minute package like nobody yeah. else. Can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think is the show that shouldn't have been canceled by Bravo? Ooh. Oh. Um, I already know. I've said it before. I I, I think I have two, uh, I have one. Okay. Um, well, actually, no, I have two. I have two. <laughs> I wish they didn't cancel Gallery Girls. Yeah, and I also, always. I also always. wish that they would have given um candy's spinoff that just ended what was the name of it yeah i wish they would have gotten at least a second season candy and the gang candy and the gang yeah yeah i really wish uh bravo would give a go to a new rachel zoe project i love that show like that was my show back in the day i missed that show and i will say shout sunset i want them back Mm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. You can't cancel them on season nine. You got to give them a tenth at least. Jesus. I know. Yeah. <laughs> give them yeah. a decade. <laughs> what show would you say? Um, I was thinking Shaz. Yeah. But I'll think of another one. I loved NYC prep. I like so no, good. I loved, I loved that. I would love to see any of them come back on something. Um I thought that Princess was like, that was a out. show that was like I the real. Was that the show that was like the real life Gossip Girl? Is that yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it was like <laughs> Gossip Girl. So it was like perfect. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I, mine is Southern Charm, New Orleans, hands down. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Such a good cast, diverse, fun, different. Um, and I, uh, I worked on the first season of that show and I just, I didn't understand it. I still to this day, I'm like, like Tamika is made for television. Like she should be yeah. on TV. People but, still want, like, say that they want it back. So like, what the hell the happened? Um, Always. Yeah. Wasn't there the rumor around like December that like they were doing Housewives New Orleans around like those three? Yeah, I heard that. I saw that on the blogs too, but I haven't yeah. heard. I haven't heard otherwise. 
who knows? You never know. I mean, listen, Bravo, the great thing that is happening in the Bravo space that they're doing really well is that they use Peacock and they use Peacock yeah. to their advantage. And that's why Peacock's numbers have continuously gone up. And yeah. what they're doing is the next day playback is helping shows do record. Uh, oh, it's the best. Yeah. That's the best yeah. thing that's ever happened. Yeah, they're they're very smart. I'm not gonna lie, and they're they're wonderful at employing me, and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> um, who do you guys think? Um, oh, my friend Khalil asked me to ask you guys a question because uh, she follows all of you and she loves you guys. And I was telling her how excited I was about having you guys on. And she said she wanted. Oh, this is what she wanted me to ask you guys. Um. Who do you guys think is, is there a difference between the, sh the villain on the show and the villain in real life when it comes to casts? Like sometimes, like people will say like, Erica looks like the villain on Beverly Hills, but in real life, a lot of people say that Kyle is the villain. I mean, in some cases, it's possible that the villain on the show is not necessarily the villain in real life. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta say that most of the time, the villain on the show is the villain in real life. But uh, like you said that just now, uh, you you just made a good point. Uh, me from watching Beverly Hills all these years, do I think Kyle is uh, the glue of the show? No. Do I think she's been the villain behind the curtain, like kind of like the Wizard of Oz? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you know it, it, that that could that could play on the fact that maybe in real life she's she's the villain. What do you guys think? I think someone who so Kenya Moore to me stands out because I feel like for a long time she played the villain just because that's like what she was kind of her first season was um, yeah. how she filmed and then it, that kind of character kind of stuck for a little bit. And then I think they had new blood this year. So she really didn't. And the, the cast kind of changed. And so she didn't have to be that villain anymore. So she was able to kind of just like be herself and not have to stir up so much stuff. And it was so nice to see her have a season where she wasn't the one that was always being ganged up on or always have to defend herself and could kind of just like drink and let loose and be, be the moment. And she is the moment. Like, I think that she was the villain for a while and now kind of knew what she was doing and has taken a step back and doesn't have to do it anymore which was nice to see and i, I feel like Rena too i feel like renna does the same thing sometimes or did i should say um because she's like came on the show started to be the villain was like well i'm just gonna play this because this is like my job now played yeah. it and then just was able to walk away and go home and then all but still played it up in any press interview and in her confessionals what about you larry no, I, I agree. He took Kenya right out of my mouth. Um, I also would say maybe Candace, just because she, I was never a Candace fan. I always thought that she was just like a super villain on Potomac. Like she, like yeah, something same. about her. But this season, like she redeemed herself like tremendously. Yep. Like I was... I'm like a candy gal fan and I, yes. it, it's just, I really <laughs> yes. am like, and it's just like, it's nice to see that like, although she had to go through all of that stuff with like them talking about Chris, like not all of the heat was on her because Mia was such a trash box, like, and had all that mess going on that like, it was just so good to like see her differently this season. 
Yeah, I mean, I still um, will put my butter knives under lock and key when I have friends over. Yes, so yeah. just in case, yeah. you just never know. Um, it's a mighty, <laughs> mighty weapon, that butter knife. <laughs> I still like I still want when I watched that scene back like Ashley's and knowing Ashley Ashley's face of like pure like oh my god and she looks down to see the butter knife like she's shocked like she threw a fucking machete at her right. like girl it's a fucking butter knife like she's not gonna stab you on national tv yeah was so good the theatrics i love i love it so much not your mama's house (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and just said it over and over and over again and i love i love my favorite of that of that if we talk about that specifically is she gets asked to leave leaves and then she's like no no no, i'm not done yet that is only that is such a housewives move i've ever fucking seen one in my life that is between this is me saying this, and I'm just saying this as a, there is some producer that's going, if you don't get back in that house and finish this scene. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> oh god, that is hysterical. Um, what do you go? Who do you guys think is the most relatable housemate? Ooh, good one. Hmm. Most um huh. I would say like. Gina Kirschneider from OC because she's like not she's super rich. Right? <laughs> like, she's just like a normal girl from New York. I don't know. I mean, like, I she's relatable. I would I would say, I would like, say I Danielle have... Cabral right now. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. And I think she's a perfect. I think she's exactly what Jersey needs. I think like the the new girls on Jersey in general are like very refreshing. But I think Danielle Cabral is like the new relatable. I'm living my dream fantasy and like it feels attainable. Agreed. I, I think she's great. In my case, I will say some of the ladies of Miami, uh, mm-hmm. especially because they are either first immigrants or fa- or directly like from like families or were immigrating to America. Sure. So I'm an immigrant myself. So when I hear them speaking Spanish and all this stuff and the story that they have are very similar to the story that I grew up with, you know, like my mother being overprotective, like Alexia. Or uh, Adriana saying that she came to America to pursue a dream. So those type of conversation are very common and within my family. So I think that to me is, feels very relatable. I, I will say, I think that the guys over at Pop, um, Nate and Matt and those guys that purveyors of Pop that produce Miami and they produce Married to Medicine, they are... Uh, doing such a great job at the revival of that show and uh-huh. taking married to medicine and putting it black in the fucking a slot, honey, because that mm-hmm. show was put on a Friday night and it was put there yes. to cemetery and pass away. Yeah. And he was on the tombstone for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo put that show on a Friday night at the worst time slot thinking that it was just going to go away and man did the fans show up and that show did so well on that little Friday night slot. And it came back and I'm so happy because I worked on the third season of that show and I absolutely love that cast. Um, They're all great. They're all wonderful human beings in real life. And um, they, they really show up on television. I, I just love watching them and I will watch it. Even if they never work for that company again, Mm. I absolutely think that what they're doing is great god's work of bravo yeah really over there yeah. yeah i give them all the all their flowers that pop 
Um, what do you what do you think is the best Bravo song? The bra- best song to come out of Bravo? I mean, objectively, it's uh, Candace Drive Back. I mean, that is a great song. But if you're going to think about the fun <laughs> part, I will say uh, Feel the Rush by Adriana. That, to me, is my number the, six song on vibe. Spotify last year. <laughs> Same. Mine was number five on the iTunes. And Faya was, Faya was number 13. <laughs> I listen to those two on repeat all the time. Hysterical. What about, and, what do you think, Larry? Yeah. Um... um I mean, I I don't know. Like I, the best housewife song, like the first thing that comes to mind is like "Don't Be Tardy" or like "Nene Leaks, Come Get This Honey" or whatever that song was called. Like it's just like I I don't I'm not I don't listen to their music. Like I think I in my opinion I think the song when you think of Bravo the song that comes everyone's mind is "Don't Be Tardy" for the party. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't like that song that woman. Performed at Palm Springs White Party to that <laughs> lip sync trash of a song, like Jen, looking like a it, fool. Owned it, like owned it, like she was motherfucking Janet Jackson on right. that stage. Uh, and I and give her all the credit. Her right up, she, she literally thought she was Lady Gaga. Right yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, her performance I, at the reunion, though, that to me is iconic. When oh my like, god! Let, let's go, bitches! I'm like, yes. oh god! Oh, my, god. I like the beat. <laughs> my and like one of the most iconic Atlanta scenes, and this is always circulating on Twitter, yeah. is when Kim is Kim is when Kim is singing the whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. There's that like little there's that little sound over Nene, and she goes. <laughs> so like iconic kim zolciak was the first to do the whole music everything it's just, it's just so funny nothing it, is it, better than kim zolciak with a cigarette and a red solo cup like oh, yeah, not bad in the, the driver's seat the keys running the best. I, still, I, like I still reference i was on a uh i was on a podcast talking about reality tv weddings and i still reference hers as one of the top five reality tv weddings ever because the fucking last three minutes of that wedding episode where you just hear the audio of like Croy and mom and there's those wide shots of the house and then where's security and security and then you're like wait a minute this bitch just kicked her mom out of her own motherfucking wedding <laughs> right what so good such good tv like, iconic so good it's absolutely memorable um uh, just unbelievable to me. I, I absolutely love that. What? Um, let's talk about BravoCon. Let's let's spill the Ooh. tea. I want to know <laughs> your favorite. What does Andy always say? Throwing in your rose and your thorn of BravoCon. Yeah. So tell me your your rose and your thorn for each of you of your BravoCon. Maybe meeting somebody that you didn't like, and or you did, or you didn't. Who was hotter I, in person? I'll I tell you. The- Go ahead, Eddie. No, I think the best part of BravoCon didn't even happen at BravoCon. It happened after BravoCon. And Larry's yeah. mind because he knows what I'm what I'm what I what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it was by far the most surreal night as a Bravo fan. It was insanity. That to me was like the best part of the, the BravoCon. The worst part of BravoCon. Um uh I'm I, I gotta say that there was some logistic issues, perhaps. That as somebody who who has like been to like different events or whatever, I felt like they were easily fixed. They just didn't think through it, I guess, when they were planning it. 
it was their first year back after a couple of years off. So I'm sure they were probably figuring it out. I'm sure yeah. they'll work those out. Yeah. And it was just like the audience had like doubled, but I felt like by f- I was there on Friday and then that's when a little clusterfucky. And then by Saturday, I felt like it was fine. I didn't have one bad experience at BravoCon. The fact that I yeah. was even able to go was like a dream come true. Um, the best night that I had though was Friday. Was that Friday night? Friday it night, was yeah. after Andy's Legends Ball. Um, right. I went to the Legends Ball by myself and just ended up ha- like happening to sit next to Eddie. And uh, we ended up at this like Legends Ball after party at the rooftop of the hotel and uh, finangled our way up there. And we like, it was just <laughs> every Bravo Single. celebrity you can Everybody. think of. Like, was that the one at the Gansport? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The like, one that Jane shot crashed. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like everybody, all below deck, all Southern charm, all the housewives. Like the fact that I was like right next to Heather Dubrow sitting on Terry's lap and they were like talking. I was like, there is, I don't belong here. Like this is not, <laughs> I don't know how the hell this happened. And it was, we literally snuck our way into this party <laughs> and I like come back from the bathroom and Andy Cohen comes out of the elevator. It was just like a surreal fucking moment for a Bravo fan to be surrounded by all of them. And I had met a couple of them like in person before. So I knew who some of them were, but I was, it was, that was the highlight of the entire weekend. Like I still remember dancing with uh, Kenny. I was, I was like maybe like 10 champagne glasses in and I was just like dancing on the dance floor with Kenny and more. And I'm looking at all like, is anybody filming this? <laughs> <laughs> Like, to be honest, I did not want to take, like, photos or video because I, it was a private event. I didn't want to be, like, that person asking, like, as a fan. And you have to, like, yeah. know your place. You're not there to be a fan. You're there to mingle with the people. And, you know, like, I sat down with, like, Ariana from Vanderpump Rules for, like, a whole two hours just talking about random stuff. And we became really good friends afterwards. Like, we've been chatting, like, nonstop. And, like, like talking to, like, Dubai. I mean, it was such a wild night that is to me if i went home that night i went home happy i mean i i stayed the whole entire weekend but like when i went back to my hotel and i sat down and i actually got time to like process the night i was like fuck i can't believe this just happened that's that's great i'm glad i'm glad you guys had had fun i have yet to go i need to go i need to be on a panel next year i want to come i'm gonna put that that out and say the universe bravo i know you're this thing they had a a production panel didn't they yeah they do they 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 have they have a few of them yeah usually the the big dogs are up there but you know yeah even if you go for one day what do you have to check it out it's it's literally i'm I'm gonna make an effort i'm gonna make an effort to go this year for sure i want to talk a little bit about soho because yes, Southern yes. hospitality, um, you know, it's interesting. And I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this proudly. When I <laughs> when I when I got interviewed for this job, um, I met with I've said this on my podcast before. I met with the guy, the showrunner who had done Vanderpump rules from the beginning. He was he left Vanderpump to come and do Soho. And he's an amazing producer. And I when I got the call to meet with him, I was like, this is the guy that I know from the credits. I know his name from the credits. I've seen his name in the credits. This is the guy who's done the Hills. He has done everything. I want to work with him. I always look at my shows like as opportunities to grow and learn as a producer. I remember texting Robin and Giselle and I texted them and I said, uh-oh, watch out. Subtle flex there, Woody. Subtle yeah, flex. Subtle flex. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said, how I feel about this show is how I felt about Potomac season one. I saw the magic. I saw it play out on camera. Everything in my being as a producer to being like the Bravo audience is going to love the show. And the Bravo audience loved the show. I um, I want to know what you guys thought of first season performance. What do you guys think of the cast? Just give me your 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 thoughts. We loved it. We I think like took to it really early. Um, it reminded us so much of like early Vanderpump, but like like you said, like having a Mikel and TJ on it, like felt like such a gift. Just because like yes, gay men love Bravo, but like there's not a lot of us on Bravo, so like to have that was like so fun and like like we said like the magic of shows like this it's like relatable it's like I love that they're still waiting tables I love that they're going to be in this club for like three years still like even if the show continues like Vanderpump Stasi was still serving goat cheese balls and like for <laughs> okay. seven seasons you know so it's like it's like they're it's gonna be fun to like see them grow and oh. I think that was like what was so refreshing is like because Vanderpump was stagnant until two weeks ago Summer House were like where are we gonna go they're all married and having kids now so like to see kind of like new blood in the mix and that like nothing's better than people who want to be on TV their first season and they don't know how to be on TV. It was just like the most unhinged magic that like was perfect. Monday nights was just so much fun. We couldn't wait to record after. It was like, it was really awesome. And like, I think we're personally like loyal because we launched our podcast on that like premiere. So we would recap it and they would love to like, like we said, like message us after be like, we listen and like, for like the first like six weeks, our top like geo was like Boston and then like Mount, Ple- Mount Pleasant. So, <laughs> like, so we're like, they're, they're, they're like listening. We from anyone there? Big boy. I mean, I'll ever reached out to us and she was like, I am dying right now because we made it. We we called Lamar Daddy and she was like, I am literally dying right now. Joe just texted me a snippet of what you guys are talking about the show and what like bring it back to. I was like, oh my god, the, the whole cast is listening to the show and kind of like bringing it back to what we were saying earlier about like the shows work when you have real friendships, you can tell they all are friends and have those real relationships with each other, which they don't even have to try to do that on camera. It just comes across so naturally. And I think they just struck a gold mine. The show is so good. It is amazing. I, I literally loved it from the jump. I, I, I loved watching like them grow like as the episodes went on because it just got better episode after episode like throughout totally. the season. Yeah, and people in the beginning who were like, "I this is such a knockoff show," like I hate it, blah 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 blah, like ended up really enjoying it by the end. Like the <laughs> dynamic between TJ and Mikel, like them not liking each other, to them like hosting this party at the end. I remember like episode one. I'm like, these two are gonna be best friends by the end. But yeah. and it was so good and like. To see the delusion that is Grace Lily is just like, it's <laughs> hilarious because she's so crazy, but she is made for reality TV. Mm-hmm. Every cast member, it's like seeing, like, even though you have like all of these young kids hanging out, but then, and you still have like, you get to see like the family side with like Lucia and like her son and like all of that. And then it was just gold. And like to know that like they are friends in real life and like it's just it makes it even better because there's were so many rumors swirling about this show that like kind of were put to rest like once you learn like more about it. Um yeah. it was amazing. And they're all fucking hot. Like it yeah, is just oh it's God, insane. Literally. It is and then oh. like 
I went, I know, Eddie, you just got back. I had went to Charleston over the summer um, and got to meet a bunch of them. And they were just so nice. Like, they're not like dickheads, you know, like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's season one. Maybe maybe they'll turn into like a little bit of a diva in uh, season three or four. But it was, it was good. I can, I, fingers crossed, they get many more seasons. I gotta agree. I, I'm the kind of viewer who looks forward to non-housewife shows because mm -hmm. i'm exhausted of halfway to be honest like we are like okay we need something new so when i saw the trailer uh bravo con i was like holy crap this is gonna be good because i grew up being the only gay in my friend group like literally i was the only gay person so like, i identify from the get-go with like tj and michael like i was that person i was out and partying with my straight guys at the, in the straight clubs or like at the bar the local bar so the the whole premise of the show felt so familiar to me the watching them then i was like oh god damn it this is exactly the same situation that i would get with my friends growing up so this is awesome that's how i started like dming all all of them uh, on instagram saying hey you guys are awesome blah, blah, blah. let's you know i, I want to go and meet you all and that's how the whole plan for me to go to charleston came to be and uh honestly um was was the best weekend so far that I've had in a long time. Um, I'm telling you, you gotta go, you gotta meet them in person. It's it was an experience. I, I, like having Leva talking, well, I've been chatting with Leva like we I know her for years, and it is the best feeling that this just came from starting to tweet about the show from day one. And I know I I have a feeling that this is going to be a multi-season show. Uh, yeah. they have the potential they have the story they have the personalities even meeting them in person like you you watch them on the show and you think you have an idea of how they're going to be and then you meet them in person and they're just that and even bigger you know that they have way more to offer and i'm just hope i'm just waiting for the green light for the second season to be honest well, that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> if the show gets green leg, can I have one one request? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Haymaker, sure. Mm -hmm. what? Can we have Grace Lily's mother from a few more scenes? Yeah. I she love was her. TV delusion gold. Oh <laughs> I love her. Alexis Nyers, pretty wild. Yeah. Like, oh, come down and take your Adderall. I was like, I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> she was so great. You know what I love is that she is her daughter's biggest fan and yeah. i yes. anytime we filmed with her she was she was there for it whatever we wanted whatever i throw out to talk about she was there for it and and she loves her kids and uh grace has a really adorable brother and like it just they're they're a great family and i i've got to be around them often and i really enjoyed um her mom a lot I'll say it's been incredibly rewarding. And I want to thank all of you guys from my perspective, and I can only speak on personally, personally, um, how rewarding it was to have all of you guys be such big support for us for that show. You know, new non-housewife shows on Bravo are dangerous territory. They oh, either work mm -hmm. or they don't. Everything that you saw was real <laughs> like there was like for me i just showed up and did my job like i didn't have to contrive anything i didn't have to, i just had to like point and shoot really like yeah they knew what they were doing at all times and the hardest part about it i think in my opinion was the fact that they were all friends because when we would go to bed something happened overnight 
And then we would have to follow a new story. And that was the hardest part because these people really fuck with each other all the time. Like yeah. Now, with or without yeah. the cameras. Yeah, we don't yeah. 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 tell. Yes. So like, and that, and that's the great thing about a show that I love. And I think that that's why I saw such magic with it from the first day. I was like, oh, this is, this is money. Um, they need Mikhail a camera crew right uh, now. They have a lot of stuff. Sure do. They sure do. They sure do. Well, hopefully, you know, we're going to put it out to the Bravo gods and uh, we're going to hope for another season. I, I, and I hope to be asked back because I love that cast. Um, <clears throat> I want to ask your thoughts. If Andy was to ever leave, watch what happens. Who do you think would be a good host of Watch What Happens? Us. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my first like instinct is to say Danny Pellegrino, but yeah. I don't know if I like necessarily agree with that. Um, I am uh, a big fan of Dave Quinn from People. He's yeah, very much in. He's very much in that universe. I think he would be really good because <laughs> he has such good relationships with so many people at Bravo, like Housewives, all of that. He wrote the yeah. fucking book, like yeah. Uh, yeah, either Danny Pellegrino or Dave Quinn. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Quinn. I think there's a level of respect that like the Housewives give him that like, and he plays a very good non-bias that I feel like he would be the perfect like filler for that on like Watch What Happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't see Andy going anywhere anytime. No, no, no. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like. Uh, watch what happens has like gotten better. Like I feel yeah. like it's been like on a a good climb. It like stumbled for a little bit, but it's they've been doing a good job with it. Yeah, there was that rumor going around. When was it? I think like maybe like during BravoCon when someone said that Craig was going to take over. Like, what? What? Yeah, the there was world? a TikTok. Like, they were saying he was going to announce his retirement. Oh, yes, yes. He was going to announce that at BravoCon. No, that's what it was. Oh, my God. Hysterical. What do you think, Eddie? Um, I don't know. Um, I would love Z-Way to, to be involved as <laughs> either as a co-host or something. I love okay. Z-Way. And she has great takes on Housewife and Bravo shows. She's a Bravo fan. Um, who else? Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of him in general, but uh, Matt Rogers has like the personality for TV, but I'm not a big fan of him in general. But I just like that he kind of like has. Can I? I want to say something. I want to have him on my show because I just want to argue with him for an hour. Because, <laughs> bitch, I'm from I'm Italian and I'm from New York, and I'm gonna tell you something. You come and talk to me like you talk about some of the girls in my face, like he does on that show. We're gonna thank have a you problem. <laughs> we're gonna have a problem because he does not know when to shut the fuck up. Thank he you. Runs his mouth like I like I'm always flabbergasted. But his hot takes are. Hot indeed. That He's definitely had to retake a few hot takes on Watch What Happens Live. I know that for a fact. So you're not I wrong. Sh- I am sure. Yes. We'll say with him, I do think it's like, I like Matt Rogers a lot, but I think on like Watch What Happens Live, it showed the other day when so, when they have guests that are like really Bravo knowledgeable, like not just Housewives, like the shows across the board. It makes for such a great episode because like mm-hmm. him and Melissa had great camaraderie and him and Andy were like getting along great because Andy was like oh he does know so much so it made me as a viewer more invested in that kind of like late night show because nothing's worse than when they have someone on watch what happens live that's only doing a press kit 
in their like press tour and they have to do the show. They have no idea what's going on. They're like, what do you think of Summer House? And they're like, what is, what even is that? It just, it works so well. Amazing. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. When Michelle Obama said that she walked Potomac House, oh my God, I was like, amazing. stop. Like, yeah. I totally yeah. nerd, like, I, I totally nerd out. Wild, wild. Um, that's great. I, I like hearing about all this stuff. I, I really think that, you know, uh, what's important to Bravo's success is people like you guys, where you feel like you see yourself on the television. From my perspective, we think about that all the time. There's something that I always say when I'm talking to a cast member about a scene or I'm trying to, to get them to understand, you know, what we're doing or what we're talking about. I always say, think of me as the voice of the audience. When I ask you a question, I'm asking you from the perspective of what is the audience at home at their couch thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but we ask questions to open-ended questions to get them to talk more and see if we can get something more out of them. The biggest piece of advice I ever give to any reality TV cast member is to have a point of view. Whether it's good or bad in the situation, have a point of view. Those are the two things I talk about most when I'm on set producing is what is the audience thinking in this moment? They're going to call bullshit on this. I need to ask a question, right? Because you guys are smart. And we're not, we know you're smart. So we have to somehow think about how, like what you guys are going to think. That's usually the case. I did say that I would open up to do a little fun um, segment because I've never gotten to play Plead the Fifth. <laughs> so I feel like it's only right um, in my bootleg version of Watch What Happens Live <laughs> with Andy Cohen <laughs> that I would open up the floor to you guys and allow you to ask me one question each about whatever. Um, and I will do my best um, <laughs> to answer it um or plead the fifth and it just so do i only get to plead the fifth once is that how yes. this works right yes yeah, yeah. that's how it works yeah all right all right so let's, <laughs> um, who wants to go first i go first okay uh were you the one who made the decision to show us uh joe bradley's and uh tj's ass on tv and so thank you very much <laughs> um i have definitely shot a lot of butts um, in my day, but I was not on set for either of those. Um, I did, I was behind Barry's butt on Southern Charm, New Orleans, which was mm -hmm. a giant, beautiful black. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Yes. And I, I, I never looked at him the same after that. I was like, man, wow. Come <laughs> 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 on, <a> man. <laughs> All right. Next. Um, I'll go. What is. What would you say is the worst reality show you've worked on? Oh, good Ooh. one. That's a good one. You know, for a long time, this is a true story. Long time, I, I produced many seasons of Love After Lockup. And I did not have it on my resume. Because I was like, there is no way I'm going to get good jobs, like, of quality <laughs> with fucking Love After Lockup on yeah. my resume. Yeah. And then, what it's happened, yes, what happened was... I was in an episode and um, uh, somebody from my hometown of upstate New York was like, messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, did you work on Love After Lockup? And I was like, how the fuck does she know that? And I was like, yes, how do you know that? 
she's like, it was you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea that they had included the footage of what went down with a cat. So basically like a girl's guy that was in jail, she finds out on camera that he's not getting out. She implodes. We break the fourth wall. She talks to me. I talk to her. I console her while she's crying. Didn't think they would ever use it. We shot it just in case it ended up in the show. So then everybody was like, we saw you um, on Love After Lockup. And I was like, wait a minute, people watch the show? Like, I didn't know (laughs) that it was like WeTV's like number one most watched show. And I was like, well, fuck. All right, well, this is definitely going on the resume now. And I have been in like three more episodes after that. It's so Um, funny. That's amazing. But to answer your question, I think I worked on a show way back when called Dr. Stevo was Stevo from Jackass. And it was on the USA network. And it was basically Stevo was doing like boot camp for nerds. And he would convince we <laughs> I I sold my soul to the devil here because we tested <laughs> 18 to 22 year old nerdy guys to be on a show. And we told him, Steve-O is going to make you look cool. And we're going to do like exercises and things. And he's going to make you not a nerd anymore. Like the nicest kids with like braces and like straight out of like, just never done anything wrong. Probably 90% of them are versions. And the show (laughs) ended up being completely like jackass, (laughs) total opposite of what we told him it was going to be. And at that moment in time, I was like, oh, this is what television business is like. Mm." (laughs) All these moms, I was like, oh, thank God I had a production cell phone at that time where like the mom, I had to hand that phone over when I was done because if they had had my real number, I would have gotten cursed. Game over. That would have been it. But yeah, that that was definitely probably that one where I was like, oh, fuck, this is is horrible. This is horrible. Last but certainly not least. (laughs) Who, you might play the fifth on this, but out of all the shows you've done on Bravo, who has been the most difficult to work with post-production because they don't like their edit? See, that doesn't happen a lot on Bravo as far as our cast members go because we produce them well enough. I've never really had that experience, but I worked on and casted nine seasons of the real world and that show notoriously cast members would find me at a bar or somewhere would see me out and be like this is all your fault that i was on this show (laughs) this is all your fault and i look horrible and i was like last time i checked that is like the truest of true follow reality (laughs) tv shows somebody made you look any type of way (laughs) on that show ever that is not possible that show they follow you 24 7 that yeah. is absolutely not true so by the way you auditioned for that show so correct you did it right. yeah there was no there was no there's no forcing you to say anything on that show because that for the longest time as as long as it was on they really just follow the action and they craft the stories and post yeah they don't like yeah. that is when you're in the field is the truest form of that but i have definitely had many of cast members curse me out and then when they get on the challenges, they're like, thank you so much for casting me. You know, I love because, it. Because, <laughs> they get all that. Right. They, all, they get all that fame. I'll tell you, I my pride, my proudest real world cast member is probably Nani. Because oh, I was I a big I'm friends with part, Nani. Um, a big integral really? part in finding her. Yeah. 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 I love her to death. She's one of my 
little gems. It was she was drunk on an Instagram one night. She was on Instagram live. And I got on and I was like, Nani, I miss you. And she was like, that Woody Woodbeck, he's the realest one. <laughs> he gave me a shot when no one else would. Like, just like, like I, I just love her to pieces. She's she's one of my favorites um, to come out of that. But I got to say, I've worked on 14 Bravo shows, including like seasons or reunions. And uh, I've been lucky to work on a lot of good ones i did dallas i love the dallas ladies so much i'm really sad that that went away I um i love me some brandy redman some stephanie holman so me much I just, but it's such good television we got to spend um hoping we all went to copenhagen i worked on that season when we went to copenhagen oh, and um that was such a great season and my favorite my favorite memory of that was uh, i had never been on a roller coaster because i was like a fat kid growing up and i had only been on like maybe like a one roller coaster in my life and carrie was like i'm taking you to tivoli gardens which is <laughs> yeah. what the original like disneyland they say that walt disney stole the idea for disney world from yep. tivoli gardens and she takes me on my roller coaster and it's the funniest video because she i'm scared as shit probably mostly drunk and i'm <laughs> holding the phone and i'm like oh my god i'm doing it i'm doing it and for the 59 seconds <clears throat> the video is me on the roller coaster, I had my eyes closed the entire time. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and she's just yelling in my ear next to me. And like, to, I, it was the best. It was the best. What would you guys like to see as we wrap things up here? What would you guys like to see come out of Bravo in the next five years? Are there ideas that you guys have that they think they haven't tapped into? Um, is there a spinoff that you would like to see maybe from a cast member? Um, you know, like, what do you, what do you, what would you guys like to see? What are your hopes and aspirations for Bravo heading into the future? So I think we have, we have, we have two. two, we have two. Well, yeah, well, kind of. So one, we think that um kyle and amanda should get a lover boy type of spinoff to show the meat and potatoes of the business and it kind of be like uh kind of like a southern hospitality but just what goes on on a day-to-day -day basis in um new york for lover boy one that i think i would love to see but i don't think would ever get picked up and i think a lot of people like to see this would be a group of gay men in like either New York or um, Boston and do a summer house spinoff with either going to P-Town or going to Fire Island. That would be my dream come true. I don't yeah, ever that see would, that happening that would be my anytime soon, but that would be, and if it is P-Town or Boston, then. <clears throat> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be really good. I would, um, I'll sign right up. You can put me with whoever. I can right. make the cast or just throw me right in. Doesn't matter. Great. Um, I don't. I mean, I would like to see more like non-housewife shows in like different cities. Like, <laughs> um, I love obviously Southern Charm. Like to get groups of friends in different cities and just follow their lives. I like. I would really like to see more of that. Yeah. I also want to see a branch off from Summer House. I. I love the Summer House cast, but I'm so, like, sick of seeing them in the Hamptons every weekend. I wish they would just follow their lives in New York City. Yes. And yes. do something with them and, like, keep the younger kids in the Hamptons. Because yeah. I want to see, like, 
all of them at work. I'm going to see Kyle and Amanda doing stuff for Loverboy. I even like that idea of the Loverboy show. That would be good. Or like Carl and Lindsay, like like all the older ones starting their lives. I want to see like Paige going to work and like fashion and all that shit. And yeah. like going to restaurants and out like in New York City. Like I'm, it's time for that. And then just leave like Sam on Summer House this season. Perfect. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's like Focus Summer House all cool, around like, her. Put yeah, it around yes. her. I think yeah. she's perfect. Agreed. Well, uh, I gotta say, yeah, I think uh, Bravo does more of those type of shows that are based on friendships and, you know, a, more like a younger generation. I, I love Summer House. I love Winter House. I love Family Karma, Soho. I mean, that's the type of show that I look forward to when they are announced. So I, I want to see more of that. Um, and I think I, I told you before, when we were talking, I think Bravo needs to capitalize on Bravo content creators and maybe create like a summer house or like a below deck type of vibe when you grab like a few people who have been spending their time creating content about Bravo shows, put them in a show and let them be messy. Trust me, the egos and the and the drama will be to be gold. I, I could I could definitely see that because you guys all have um, quite vibrant personalities, that is for sure. <laughs> and socially, they all come through. That yeah. is what attracts most people to that. And I think you guys really, the humor, your snarkiness, all of it, your excitement all comes through on all of your pages. And that was why I asked you to come on my show because I really just love um everything you guys do and i love i love how excited you are for shows and um letting people know your opinions whether they like them or not uh is also great um and keep doing it and and i i sure i speak on behalf of all the bravo fans everywhere keep it up um and that uh, we love you guys thank you very much thanks thank you. buddy you're the man <laughs> i appreciate you guys i want you guys to kind of wrap it out tell everyone where they can find you on social media yeah, you can follow us at the Bravo Bottoms. We're on Twitter, Instagram. If you want to follow our personals, I'm at Mike Montiel. Um, I am at Brandon underscore on brand. Also, our podcast is the Bravo Bottoms as Apple, well. Apple, Spotify, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can just find me at Bravo Buggies on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Martini with Eddie on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I have a podcast as well and my own website, martinewithedit.com. And if you want to know my personal, no, I'm not going to give it to you because you're not going to troll my account. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And of course, you guys know, you can find me at Woody Woodbeck on Instagram and what's up, Woody, on all your podcast streaming platforms. Thank you guys again. Um, and Brandon, are you single? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I am. Cool. I, th I think we made a love connection here tonight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have your people call my people. Well, yes, I, I will. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It was Thank nice you. meeting you all. Thank Bye. you. You too. Brandon, call Bye. me. Well Bye. done, baby. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's Up Woody. You can listen to past episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Like, rate, and subscribe now. Or by visiting whatsupwoody.com. Follow us on social media. Instagram is at Woody Woodbeck and what's underscore up Woody. And on Twitter, it's at what's up Woody one. Have an amazing day and be kind to one another.